0: As runners, as athletes, as sportsmen, we know the fierce nature of competition, of rivalry, of laying it all on the line against opponents. One of the joys of my experience is earning the respect of my fiercest rivals. Off the track, out of the arena, we are no longer competitors, but close friends. Such is the case with myself and Nathan Millis. We matured, and one of the qualities of that growth experience is a solid appreciation of respect. Respect for my sport, respect for my coaching and teammates, and respect for my competitors. Respect for the sport is a realization success is unbiased and isn't granted or given away. It's earned. It requires working your ass off. 6.30 a.m. wake-up calls weren't easy. Mile repeats weren't easy. My cross-country team responding to a fourth-place finish at the regional meet and missing state wasn't easy. That's part of why we appreciate the journey so much.
1: My name is Aricel Perez.
2: <laughs> I am your host, Neville the Angelou. Welcome
0: to The Journey. Along The Journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble.
2: this very moment, a baby is being born. She's inhaling those first breaths of new air, <coughs> fists drawn, feet kicking. It's a new world, it's her new dawn. So much to learn, so much to embrace, the first belch of the first poop. <coughs> giggles. Even this baby comes with a history. A history she did not write. One day she'll get to decide what to do with it, but that's not remotely her concern in the second. This day is new, full of joy. It's the dawn of her life. And we too, each of us, every time we go to sleep then awake, We have this chance to be aware of the choice for new breath. So much to learn. So much to embrace. The first belch. The first poop. So many chances for laughter. Choices to be renewed. The chance to choose to climb atop our history or to crawl under our history. The chance to decide whether it is remotely relevant in this new day, at this dawn, at this juncture of the continuum of life, our lives. But it is a gold mine right there for the taking if we don't get trapped in the dirt It is a gold mine. That's what this community of competitors discovered beginning that day. Seven boys became men. Let's meet a member of King's fiercest Rivals of the time, Nathan Millis.
0: Nathan Millis was a junior at Flower Mound High School in 2005. He gives us an idea of his running years prior to high school and what got him into running.
3: Discipline in middle school. I had a hell of a gym coach and uh, goofy as goofy then as I am now and he had me, you know, as, as punishment for just being a goofball, he'd have me run around, say, benches, bleachers, trees and benches, combination, do 200 laps around that tree and that bench and, uh, you know, I was always a soccer player but come track season I started like, you know, you, you're, you notice yourself like doing very well and you're like, you know, maybe there's something to this. Maybe I should invest some of my time into this. Uh, started tapering away from soccer. Started solely focusing on running. Started seeing improvements. Man, I should have been in the Olympics, but no. <laughs> you know, I thought I thought that uh, I was I was gonna I thought I was it. I thought it was the it factor, and uh, turns out uh, I was just a a bum of a runner. Um. <laughs>
2: I, I don't think
0: that's the case at all. Nathan is being humorous and modest, but was a tough competitor. He ended up running 155 for 800 meters and 417 for 1600 meters by the time he graduated high school. I asked him about the Flower Mound team's dynamic, his interaction with teammates, and what he thought of the Richard King crew.
3: I thought it was unique um, that two teams who had such similar experience, I mean, we had, we had so much in common, the personalities on our team. There was people who were just outrageous, you had just really funny personalities, super serious people on the teams, And, you know, we ended up getting second to uh, Corpus Christi ki- uh, King, but really, as, cl- as tight as the race was, I would have I not have rather lost, I'm not phrasing this correctly, but I would have, that was the r- perfect team to lose to. Like, I saw so much of us in y'all's team that I saw the hard work that y'all put in, I knew what we had done, but it's like, wow, well those guys, <laughs> they earned it too, like cool. Um, but the personalities on our team, we had we had the super strict hard worker who was out there stretching every day, do it, putting in his time, uh, I mean, super disciplined. You had the funny guy who's just an idiot, got himself in trouble, me. Oh, D- oh, dumb, man. D- D- yeah, yeah, man, and, man. And, and then there's, and then we had the twins, we had Tweedledee and Dum, and these are the D'Ambrosio twins, and I mean, you see them out there putting in their miles in, in uh, cargo shorts and Tony Hawk skater shoes, and just really enjoying it, you know, not stressing themselves out too much about it, but having a great time with it, and then you had the, the guy come over from basketball, Logan Colada, who ended up having a... A great campaign as well. Um, put that all together. Don't let me li- uh, forget Ben Hicks. That guy was putting in work, and he was our sixth man. So, as as our state championship plays out, where the sixth man um, come to a tiebreaker, sixth man is the the tiebreaker. He ended up being the most important part of our team. And uh, yeah, all in all, I mean, we had we had some great chemistry on our team.
0: While the King Crew was led by coach Tom Castillo, the Flower Mound team was coached by their own fearless leader, Herbert Perez. Nathan offers some insight on his relationship with coach Perez.
3: Coach Perez, man, never forget about coach Perez. That that guy, he would drive us out 6 miles and leave us there and you know, that was like our, punishment. that was our run. No, man, that was <laughs> that's <was, laughs> that's how you define greatness. Is without a phone, how do you get back? And uh, now he he gave us some real good workouts. That guy was all about hard work, and he totally appreciated hard work. You could be super talented, and I mean, if you're just if you're not if you're not working hard, he's not going to pay attention to you. And you may be successful, but I mean, he's he's going to recognize the people that do the hard work. And I mean, I feel like that's rare in a coach. They're going to like shine their their star athletes. And he kind of saw how well, he, he saw how well we worked as a team, and I think he utilized that. Um, he put us into similar workouts, and we'd have like the top guy and it was just everybody's trying to stay with him. And you know if you fall off, you fall off, but make sure you're working hard. And he just had us man, he put in so much time for us. He took us to Colorado three summers consecutively and did altitude training for a week. And it's like as a high school, like who has that luxury, you know, like that's freaking cool. So we're climbing Pike's Peak three uh, three years in a row and that was a blast. I feel like looking back and, and just the parent involvement in that, we had so many parents involved. They'd go out there and they'd cook us meals for an entire week, like take off work. Like how cool is that? And I think that kind of culture led to us having such an established program. It was just we we were so we were so niche like in our school. We were the cross country team and that was that was a lot of fun to be a part of that. It was it was so structured and it's it's unique culture. I mean football's king in Texas but like we were flying on a cross country team. And that was cool. You traveled the meets, I mean we are I mean even before like I started running as successful as I did in the in the team itself, like coming up, having that be the culture was cool. You knew that you were you knew that you were already a part of something huge, and you didn't have to like ride it yourself, you just had to like prove that you were worth being a part of it. So, that was cool.
0: I asked Nate when he began to believe he and his teammates could compete at the state level.
3: You know, it was really at the races we started, I mean, you get so used to seeing the same specimens, same workouts every, every day, and now you see improvements in yourself, but you don't know how that really stacks up against the competition. Um, I don't have an exact moment of realization, but in the most general terms, like we'd be at a race, and three minutes, five minutes into the race, you'd look around and it would be like all your best friends, and you'd be like, oh, oh my God, where's everybody else? And you're like, oh, that's our team. And you just consecutively start seeing that, and it's like, this is something huge, guys. Like, we're really doing it this year. And as far as workouts, I, I vividly remember Coach Perez putting us through hell, and Texas is flat, but we had a few hills in Flower Mound that were just insane, nicknamed Big Mama Hill. And we—it was the perfect distance from our school where we could like do a little jog warm up to get out there. Once we were out there, it was just flying up these hills that were—I mean, at the grade on it was insane, but probably 300 meters up, and it just beat the crap out of ourselves. And just knowing that we had really done some, real, really done some work out there, and then you know attend class for eight hours. Falling asleep. School is tough. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
3: I Yeah. I Started drinking coffee my senior year. Like, who does that in high school? <laughs> my mom would pack me a thermos. <laughs> Nate
0: touches base on how he matured as a runner throughout his years at Flower Mountain High School.
3: Well, it was interesting because my, my freshman year, I remember being at the state meet. We had an awesome athlete, Brett Dawson, who later on ran at Rice. And so we... Coach Press had taken us down to the state meet just to kind of check it out, maybe a little foreshadowing, like one day, you know, everything the light touches will be yours, kind of thing, and that was cool. And uh, I remember seeing Kingwood warming up the day before the race, just shake shakeout rather, but like they looked like professional athletes. Like, oh gosh, I was confused. I thought this was a state meet, not the Olympics, and. I, I, you know, never would I have thought that we'd be at that level, but these guys were like, oh my gosh, they were just all dressed the same, like, who has these get-ups, or whatever, they're just like, t-shirts that are way too small, like goobers, and no, man, I, th- I thought, hey, that, that'd that be really cool, but I never, I never thought maybe we'd be at that level, and, you know, by the time I was our senior year, I mean, we didn't fit that mold, we had a, I mean we had some goofy people on our team but we had talent, we had hard work and it just totally paid off. So even come to the state meet, no, we, we didn't look anything like those guys. But times, man, I mean it's fine. <laughs> we did it.
0: The Flower Mound cross country team was fourth at state in each sophomore year, second at state when they tied us his junior year, and fourth again his senior year in two thousand six. They were consistent contenders at the state level, and Nate shares what he believes helped them achieve their success.
3: Inspiring the people who were on JV, like that's where it all came from, is these freshmen on JV. I remember my junior year, maybe my senior year, we had this kid, Connor Adams, and I mean, he he came in, he was running like mid-18 5Ks, and so, I mean, somebody doing that, I mean, that's awesome and everything, but like being at a school like Flower Mound, like, Dude, you are you are on JV like JV JV, and then by the time he's a senior, I mean he had just like progressed so evenly and just done so awesome. He he was a state champion in the 1600 meter, closing his last mi- half mile in the mile in 157. Like this kid was insane and just the talent. And so like you just have so many instances of that, and I and then that guy is one of like five guys who just. Coming in kind of kind of sluggish and just building on season after season after season of hard work, and I mean that's how that's how the these teams happen is they just build from their JV. You know, I mean you can only be lucky so often to have a team like that, but I mean if you're if you're building up the younger guys, you're gonna have a, have consecutively awesome seasons.
2: Listening to these guys, these achievers, I'm thinking a little of that Big Mama Hill. Do you have a Big Mama Hill in your community? I've got a few in life that are quite handy. You know, I can't say that this will work for everyone, but if you were to ask me for my recommendation, I'd say find you a Big Mama Hill, run up and down that thing until it is as flat as Texas well as flat as the flat parts of Texas and there's that other couplet of thoughts from these guys that have stuck with me they are about inspiration who is inspiring me and who am I inspiring Ah, I've got so many inspirers, they have left me no room for excuses. (laughs) What about you? Well, it is time for the standing question of the week, and it is this. What is your measure of success for your life, and how are you measuring up so far? What is your measure of success for life? your life, and how are you measuring up so far?
0: The King High School cross-country team had several characters that kept the day-to-day grind interesting. Thankfully, we weren't the only team sprinkled with goofballs
3: we had these twins on our team who I referenced earlier the D'Ambrosio twins I mean they were doing it right they were very into running very passionate about running so into music they were into pop punk so they they had their bands that they followed they traveled down to Dallas and Deep Ellum and, and played shows at the door on Friday nights before meets like this is what they did and showed up on the bus and was like Yeah, I mean, we had plans the night before, but here we are, Coach, what? (laughs) Let's do this. Um, But I remember going to a show with them once, and they were, I mean, they fit the bill of the pop-punk band. They are driving their mom's minivan around. And I remember driving down down a road from my town to where you would get to Dallas, um, 2499. And we had flung the minivan door open. And the D'Ambrosio twins are standing, like, on the edge of the door with Roman candles, just shooting them out, going, like, 65. <laughs> and cars behind us were, like, on the phone with us, like, are you guys
1: serious? <laughs>
3: like, this Roman candle's flying out of the side of this minivan. And um, I mean, I'd like that to be a metaphor for these guys. And then they were at practice doing super hard. I mean, they were working so hard in practice, man. So, you could say these guys didn't care, but it's like, no, you're full of it. These guys care so much. They just they're not a one-man trick or one-trick person like that they did everything.
0: I asked Nate if there were any people interactions or things he appreciates more now than he did during his years in high school with his teammates.
3: Yes. I would I would say that the the chemistry on my team was maybe overlooked. We we kind of, like anybody who spends a lot of time together, you're going to butt heads. And I feel like I didn't appreciate how fortunate we were to have so, so many unique personalities on our team. Um, at the time, it was probably an annoyance to everybody. Like, we are a cross-country team. Like, let's be form. Now, I look back on it and I go, wow, like, there were some cool people on that team, and I mean, you had people that were into so many different things, so many personalities, and, and it, it could have been, uh, been boring, but it wasn't. And I have these stories now, and I remember, I remember what happened, and I remember how cool it was, and how much trouble we got in, and how we weren't always in, like, the most straight-laced situation, and it's totally cool now, and I wish, like, going back, I could have just been, like, you know, I wish I could see myself then and see what the interactions that were going on and be like, no, this is, this is how it's supposed to be. This is cool. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. definitely. Well, I know uh, you've mentioned several of your teammates, so hopefully they're listening now, kind of smiling.
3: Yo, 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 guys, I love you.
0: JB Lagos, Mark and Anthony D'Ambrosia, Logan Coletta, Ben Hicks, Nathan Millis, from the sounds of it, you guys shared similar trials and challenges to what we experienced at King. It's comforting to know such a parallel, and I'm glad to call you friends to this day.
2: A community of competitors, a company of friends, respect. Yes. Nate, thanks for joining us on the journey. You and your team are always welcome with much respect. This episode of the Day 7 Boys Became Men, Part 4, A New Day Respect, along with the rest of the series hosted by my co-host, Harisel Perez, is available to you free on iTunes. You can download it, share it using any of your favorite social network methods, and enjoy our fascinating guests with intriguing stories at your leisure. You'll find this and many other of our series on Riosports.com. That's R-Y-O-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com, Riosports.com. Just click on radio. You'll find us on Blog Talk Radio, SoundCloud, Tumblr, WordPress, and a number of your other favorite platforms. You're always welcome. So, join us. Enjoy. found that communities that function well, exceptionally well, enjoy mutual respect amongst its members. Here are three quotes you might find handy. The first quote comes from Richard Bach, and he said this, The bond that links your true family is not one of blood, but of respect and joy in each other's life. The second quote is from the scholar, William Phelps. And he said this, this is the first test of a gentleman, his respect for those who can be of no possible value to him. I particularly like the quote from the great Roger Federer, and he said this, I fear no one, but I respect everyone. Build yourself a phenomenal community, one that lets you grow into your fullest self and beyond your current capacity. See how the great ones do it in the hunk I dreamed. The hunk I dreamed available to you this moment on any of your digital devices from Amazon and Barnes & Noble for less than the cost of a cup of Coffee, The Hunk I Dreamed by yours truly, Neville D'Angelo. You'll want to have it handy.
0: There's a true sense of community. It offers those within the environment an opportunity to grow. A real community appreciates, encourages, and gives value to individuals who take the given opportunity and run with it.
2: You Ari, you guys are awesome. Respect to Joe Crocker and the band. Respect you, sir.
1: Respect you, sir. Yeah, I will respect you, sir.
2: See you next week.